this is the Pie Boy Podcast. Hey, it's Sparky. Welcome back to the Pie Boy Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about stereo systems and one in particular that made a big impression on me with some song choices to go along and some artists to talk about. So, like I've said before many times, try to balance out these stories uh, so they're not all trauma and they're not all grace, but now I think it's time for some grace. I feel like having a little bit of fun and telling one of my fun stories, if you will, the graceful stories. And it's called uh, Chapter 63, Lumpy and the Stereo System from Hell. Lumpy would brag about his sound system. His dad had hooked him up with a souped-up stereo receiver, amp, and tower speaker that he claimed could shake his house. He would talk so much noise about it, but no one had heard or seen it. He would talk about how I needed to listen to Iron Man by Sir Mix-a-Lot if I liked the original version of by Ozzy and, uh, and Black Sabbath. He said he would play rock on it most days, but said hip-hop songs and rap songs sounded even crazier. But his dad was not about that rap shit. Direct quote. One day, I finally got my chance. He had me over after school in sixth grade, right after I moved to Lost Canyon. The first thing he did was take me up to his room to see this warlock. Sure enough, the stereo system he talked so much about was sitting there at the back of a second-story room. I can still hear him ask, What do you want to hear first, Sparky? He didn't let me answer, and he said, You want to hear Iron Man, don't you? I said, Yes, but really I had no choice. He put on Iron Man and turned it up loud. His mom yelled, don't blow that goddamn thing up, Carrie. She could really belt it. It had been a singer in a few bands, matter of fact. The volume was on barely four, and it rumbled in my chest. The first few chords exploded into my soul. I had not heard that song on such a powerful system or any song like that. Quickly, he said that was enough and that I needed to hear the rap version. When that song came on, he turned it up another two notches and the house started to rumble. His bedroom window vibrated like the glass of water in Jurassic Park when the T-Rex was coming out of the trees. I couldn't even hear... anything except the music and lumpy's mom screaming over the top turn that shit down carrie i was instantly in love with the new music and the loud stereo system i had to have something like that in my room the louder the better it was epic he laughed so hard 
when his mom yelled at us and was like a kid in a candy store, a pig in shit, whatever you want to say. His eyes bugged out and he squealed with delight. Mission accomplished. He wanted to blow my mind and he literally did. Listening to music with Lumpy quickly became one of my favorite things to do in my life. He got so fired up over music. We would sing and rap. He made me love it even more than I already did. But I really loved the most was his reaction to it. Every time was like the first time hearing a song. Then he would play the song over and over and over, completely trapped in its beauty and its textures. He ruined so many CDs over this habit. Literally wearing them out completely. It was an obsession, and he passed it on to me. Looking back, I think Lumpy would have been an amazing disc jockey or a radio show host for a rock station or a rock writer. I don't know. He had an ear for music. His parents had been in bands, like I kind of already said, and his dad was a sound engineer that worked with many bands, amateur and professional. I can't name all of them, nor like it's not all my stories, so just this part. Coming through Portland, like these bands, back to the story, these bands had come through Portland in the 1970s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, Lumby made me really realize that music was medicine for the soul. He introduced me to so much music that would have passed me unless for him. It would have been over my head. Who knows if I would have found these bands. Public Enemy, Anthrax, In Living Color, Stone Temple Pilots, Pantera, Sir Mix-A-Lot, obviously, Faith No More, Kiss, NWA that I hadn't heard before, Easy E solo stuff, Big Daddy Kane, ZZ Top, Steve Miller Band, BTO, Tech Nine, Beastie Boys, Motley Crue, Allison Chains, his mom loved Allison Chains, Rainbow. That's a Ronnie James Dio band that nobody probably has heard of. That's my age. Joe Walsh, Talking Heads. Those are just a few of my favorites because of him. My dad also liked Lumpy's taste in music and enjoyed the fact Lumpy always had a case of CDs with tunes he loved and rocked out to while we lifted weights, ran errands, or drove to sports practices. He provided the soundtrack to a lot of our time together. Be it trips to the dump, scrapyard, selling Christmas trees for my sister's basketball team, running to Meadowbrook for beer or milk or bread, going to the store, lifting weights like I already said, or running my hill, going scaring, so pranking people, you name it. Lumpy had a jam for us to get lost in, always. This is one of his signature things. If he had a trading card, it would be on there. Something, something about just being the soundtrack, 
the living, breathing jukebox of all kinds of music. At one point, this dude was freaking rapping. This is later after this part of the story. This is more like the second half of our journey together. And yeah, this dude could really, he could rap. He could memorize stuff. He was pretty good. And he put his own flavor on stuff. He inspired me because I had never really freestyled before. And I'd showed up hanging out with him somewhere in Malala after I had turned 21. And dudes were rap battling and stuff at this house. And I jumped in there and this guy thought he was all funny. And I guess he, I don't know if he ended up being a rapper. I don't even remember this guy's name. I can he was older than me, but he called something about Buddy Holly and something else. And I wasn't going to do it, but then he said that and I had to do it. And Lumpy was so proud. He knew this guy was in trouble because Lumpy knew I was an English major and I was like already writing poems and all this stuff. This guy thought I was just some joker off the couch. And yeah, I'll never forget that. He was so proud. He was bragging about me the whole rest of the night. And then like saying some of my raps and different things and then making up new ones and giving those other guys crap for messing with me. But we all became buddies after that. And we would, then it was more of like we'd freestyle together a little bit. It wasn't uh, more battling and stuff. But yeah, old lump. Ah, the music. So listening, so that whole album, Swass, he introduced me to Swass by Sir Mix a lot. A Seattle rapper, if you don't know, from the 80s into the 90s. I don't even know after that, but I know his 80s and 90s stuff. Some of it by heart wasn't all baby got back let me tell you swass the album is one of the best rap albums hands down i think i think it's top 10 no questions asked and i definitely backed that up before i worked on when i was in college um when i went to pcc i was getting my marketing um certificate um and i had to do an internship and it was with this hip hop blog called the hip hop junkies. And it was a great experience. And one of the first meetings we ever had to kind of feel us all out, if we're going to write about hip hop, especially being like, honestly, just be honest about being a white guy coming into this place, a lot of stereotypes flying around a lot of like disrespect that maybe I shouldn't be there. I don't know what I'm doing or I don't know music or hip hop and rap music and different things. And we had to make a list of our top 10 artists and we had to back it up and talk in front of all these people. There was a lot of people. I thought they're all going to work there, but I ended up finding out that they weren't. And part of it was because of this meeting. And one of the first things I said for albums and people was Sir Mix-a-Lot, and I said Swass, one of the greatest albums ever. And this one guy started laughing, and he's like, are you serious? And I was like, dead serious. And he like kept laughing. Everybody was like, fuck, like, I just didn't think I forgot about it or blah, 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 whatever excuse they had. But then they backed me up on it. And that's all I'll say about that. That was a good experience. But I love that song. I love that whole album, Posse on Broadway. Mm. 
808 kick drum, make the girlies get dumb. That's one of the greatest lines I've ever heard because it's true. And it's not just girlies, it's everybody. 808, the 808 drums from the 80s and 90s are something else. I feel like they get sampled so much now. I'm not going to pretend like I know all that stuff, but I hear it. I hear it when I pay it, when I want to pay attention. And Lumpy would be proud of that. Um, bring the Noise, which is a collaboration. I, I talked about Public Enemy and Anthrax. So I Lumpy introduced me to like thrash metal and more hardcore music metal because I used to, Lumpy's parents had Sirius, so they had all the all the music channels, especially you could find i think there's multiple metal channels i might be talking out of my arse but pretty sure but these people knew a lot of stuff and anthrax was this band that got thrown around a lot and um pantera like i i was hearing about them early on and getting influenced and listening to that stuff and just being like yeah dude i am jacked it became like a football anthem for me like a workout song get pumped up song my playlist for working out is from when I was playing college football and training and all that stuff. And it's called bring the noise. And this is the very first song. I actually put it on there multiple times. So I want to hear it I'd instantly get jacked up and ready to rock and roll. And no matter what it is working out, going to teach a class, <laughs> um, middle or high school, go to college, go to work, whatever, get it done. That's how that song makes it makes me feel um but it makes me think of lumpy so much and listening to public enemy and fear of a black planet oh man that it's still like that moment of shaking it shook my soul another one of those things i already said that in the story um, but it almost went through all the, the music and that's one of them um that album and Welcome to the Terra Dome. Like I always, oh man, I just hear Chuck D's voice in the back of my head so much um, because of listening to that Public Enemy with Lump. But that song, Bring the Noise, the mixture of rap and metal doesn't always work and hasn't always worked in certain contexts and time periods and things. But this song, whoa. I played it for my football team because I made them a playlist. And there's, it's hard because I follow the rules um, in the sense with the high school kids and the middle school kids and not to play cuss words and different songs. Like they can do it outside of school, but at school you just don't know what a kid's going to tell their parents or something. Even though it's just music and think whatever you want, it's a free country in certain ways and a lot, not really. But in this way, I've I put this on there because the bring the noise doesn't I think maybe it had something, but it happened. So it, truck D rap so fast and the thrash metal kind of distracts you. So I didn't think any kid caught it, but they made fun of me. They didn't, some of them liked it, but the first part's my favorite when it just like goes right into the thrash and then stops and you can, it kind of calms down. It, goes down like two notches and you hear flavor flag go yeah boy <laughs> i love that so much and then all of a sudden chuck d comes in and it's not what you expect i when i first heard it i'm like do 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 like oh this is 
freaking hardcore. What is, who's going to start singing? Like Lumpy didn't tell me what I was about to hear. And whoa, I was not expecting that on the speaker or sound system from hell. So that sound system got used for a lot of things, uh, not just at his house, but he would bring it to my house. So we had a good system at like downstairs. My parents definitely like to listen to music on a good system. So they had their thing, but I had old bows like from the seventies. That was my dad's maybe the eighties, eighties, like mid eighties. And it sounded amazing with the receiver, but I had two smaller speakers. Lumpy had one. It had to have been like five feet tall. It was this behemoth. He had to bear hug it to pull it around. In sixth grade, he could do that. It was about as big as him. He was a strong, strong guy. And he would bring it down most commonly for working out before we got a good like boom box in there. But he'd bring it down for bonfires or shooting skeet or playing paintball. So it'd be how we would uh, know when to start the game. So my dad would put on the song and he'd tell us before we all went out, all right, I'm going to turn this song on. You'll be able to hear it. (laughs) Obviously it sounded like a rock concert during paintball. It was cool. And uh, yeah. And I remember Lumpy being the only one that could figure it out and run it i kind of could but he had some jimmy rig system because it was old and his dad had showed him a certain way how to do it and he was always futzing with it but when it would work it would really freaking work and he was one of the first people i knew to have an mp3 player so it wasn't an ipod it wasn't um like a zune that was another thing that came out that epically failed. It wasn't like a Kindle or any, it was some like Target, maybe not Target, like a Walmart freaking like five gig little MP3 player. And somehow they had figured out how to get s- to burn CDs for, off a of Sirius <laughs> and then thus putting on MP3 and he was the first person to have it and then plug it into a system. I had never seen it with an aux cord. His dad was like, oh, yeah, he could do it with an aux cord because it was a headphone jack. Obviously, you could put it didn't. I don't think it even came with headphones. You had to buy separate headphones and plug into this thing before earbuds and AirPods and all that stuff. And yeah he had brought that down my dad's like where's the cd because he had it hooked up to like a cd player a walkman handheld that was thrash so it would always skip and stuff and he would go and he would have the perfect move like a dj and hit it and it would go back he had the touch because he's the one that destroyed the cd so he had to figure it out right um but yeah that was that was a trip like lumpy was somewhat of a music guru for me or satellite or light at the end of the tunnel or i don't know flashlight he just had this thing this thing about music and his family did too i loved hanging out with them and hearing stories um, from when they were in bands and different things like that, they would have these things that we call the hippie party, and they, it'd be 
I think like a week, maybe like two weekends, a full working week and like two weekends, people hanging out, like camping out in the woods and on their lawn and uh, motorhomes and trailers and people in the house all over the place, bonfires and all kinds of crazy stuff. But the musician people would come out and they would usually play music and it was pretty good it was cool and we could hear it in the canyon just decks we were probably a football field away from lump our house from lumpy's house down the hill but you could hear it because we were down in the canyon there at the top and it just like ricocheted down in there but also i went to some of those parties and i remember talking to this guitar the guitar longtime guitarist in one of their bands and other people that had been in their bands and roadie type people. I had met somebody that said they were with um, Head East in the 70s, which probably won't mean anything to people I know, but that are my age at least, but like my dad and mom's generation of people and my grandma probably know about them there on the radio. But just crazy people. I met so many strange and interesting people through the lumps through music it was all about music and i remember they used to go to this thing called a pig party and i when we moved there for, or no i we hadn't moved there yet this was before this was like third or fourth grade and we went to the pig party at the taylor's house and lumpy's mom's band was out there and we kept saying play acdc and they're like fuck you <laughs> we laughed and laughed um, but we were dead serious. We did. They thought we were, I remember talking to Lumpy's mom later and she said, thought that we were messing with them. We we're like, no, and my dad was like, no, we wanted to hear ACDC. Like, are you shitting me? Come on. But anyway, I'm just rambling and I think I got to wrap it up. Oh, that's what I wanted to do. I totally forgot. I'll wrap it up like this. So. I was supposed to start the episode by talking about the last episode a little bit, kind of give you a bridge or a segue. And I had thought the segue or prologue or whatever you want to call it, outro. I thought about those couple stories with Big Mike. And my dad and Big Mike used to talk about when Marv, Marvin, Big Mike's son, uh, the Giggling Marlin, a.k.a. Merv, Starvin Marvin, you know, you've heard the nickname stories but he was a baby and i think i was at least a year old i think i'm a year older than him maybe a little more and we all lived together i guess i don't remember this but in that trailer somewhere um i think in oregon city i this is a that part doesn't matter, but I'm trying to remember. But the point of the story is my dad and Big Mike still laugh like little boys, little dummies, little dinks about that time period. Like, oh, how proud they were. Like, oh, we're both dads after all of our party and craziness. Like, well, now we're settled down. We're dads, two boys. And they would laugh at 
Starve and Marvin sucking on his toes. They thought that was such a trip that he sucked on his toes and not on his thumb. I was sucking on my thumb, but Marv was sucking on his toes, and they just thought that was so out there and that he was an alien or something. And I know that Marvin the Martian and is a cartoon, but... I just think of that, and I think of those two Mr. Magoo mofos thinking they're funny, laughing at Marv, and making fun of me, too. They're always screwing with us, and uh, they're just so proud. Big Mike is proud of that moment. He's proud. He's kind of like my second dad or long-lost uncle or something, like something like that. I love Big Mike and his son, Marv. There'll always be a place in my heart because of them. And also for Lumpy. Freaking legends, man. The legends. And another thing that I, I'm pretty sure about this. I don't know if anybody would be able to correct me if I'm wrong. But I know for a fact that my dad has. I had said this before. Talking about sports now. I said this before. That my dad, in his origin story. That he was a really good high school pitcher and he has to this day has um the all-time record at in the at Clackamas High School but I'm pretty sure in the state for ERA and because we had to prove it I had to contact somebody and find the old article and make a copy photocopy of it and I sent it over to the coach and the Oregonian um to have it clarified because they said that some guy had broke it but the point of the story, I'm not trying to break it by my dad. That's just a wacky story that I can't make up. I have to share just weird folklore of my family. And Big Mike was actually a better pitcher. And I'm pretty sure that he had the original ERA record. And I think seven or eight years later when my dad came around, uh, he's the one that broke it. And normally in this time period of, 60 people in the 60s and 70s and 80s fighting over things like that especially in felony flats was very common and at some point i'm sure big mike and my dad probably heard about each other heard about the records and talked a little shit until somehow they became best buds became a bromance and i think it was over the fact um Actually, Big Mike shook his hand over it. I think that's how the story goes. And they, I don't know, they just became best friends. Or like, They make me think of the guys from Step Brothers. Did we just become best friends? That's them, 100%. And it's hard to think of a greater duo of jokers besides my dad, OG Pie Boy, Big Laddie and Big Big Mike, aka Big Mike, aka Lord of the Pies. <sighs> Two jokers. Yeah. So we'll end on that. And I'll give you homework. Go listen to Public Enemy uh, and Anthrax. Bring the noise. T H A. Bring the noise. And Sir Mix-A-Lot Swass listened to the whole album, but also listened to Iron Man first. I think it's 
a little farther down the track list, but it's okay. It's worth it. And you can check out the stories uh, with the album cover, my cover art for this episode. Still got to work on that, but it's coming and I'll have the music playing on the story. So go check it out. Um, at the Pie Boy Podcast. Like, subscribe, share, listen, all the things. Appreciate you. Bye. Peace.